It's always important. I want people to listen to this one. Listen to your gut with people. Too many people are so focused on growing their seven, eight-figure businesses, but are they a seven-figure, eight-figure husband or father? You're kind of trained as a man to kind of find your worth. If you just have a sample of a thousand guys that just meet each other for the first time, what's the first question probably 90% will ask? What do you do? Mm -hmm. And what they're insinuating by that is how much do you make? (laughs) How much do I need to respect you? It's not like, hey, have you led your families on any adventures lately? What are you reading and studying? How are you growing? It's always important to know what that person values first. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Determined Society. Today, I have with me a good buddy of mine. I met him through some mutual friends, uh, G. McCool, Tim Reeves, on a social platform. And I've really been impressed with his story. Um, You know, Tyler Tote has a story that every American man I feel can relate to in college, chasing money, chasing women, in the bars, having some drinks. And then all of a sudden, um, in the middle of chasing all the shiny things, he realized that most of it is a freaking nightmare. And so I have with me today a reformed, uh, a self-development guru, Tyler Tote, who is five years into his journey. He is a Christ follower, a husband, an amazing father, a speaker, and a coach, an amazing, an amazing retreat leader. Welcome to the show, my man. Uh, brother Sean, it's, a, it's an incredible honor to be here, man. You're a man that I've really admired. You know, before we even knew each other, I followed you on Instagram. I got a lot of inspiration from you. And now that we've gotten to connect, man, I, I feel on a lot of levels, we're like the same person just living across the country. <laughs> I, I really admire you and look up to you, man. So it's an honor to be here. I appreciate that because I feel like in good relationships and I feel like men don't really do this enough is give other men credit, right? Mm-hmm. And and be forthcoming with the admiration of another man. I think, you know, uh, the, the, the manly society is broken because I could seriously look at you and, and say like, man, I really admire who you are as a man, uh, you know, a husband and a father, like, dude, like you, <laughs> I mean, like, bro, you, you, you have it figured out. And I know that you have your days like everybody does, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the respect is, is more than mutual brother. Oh, I appreciate that, man. And I, I think that's a good point you make right off the bat that, you know, too often, I think men, especially, or maybe women too, I don't know, but you know, you get kind of this comparison mindset or whatnot. Whereas, you know, man, you know, you, you shoot me a text like, oh, look what I'm doing for my baby girl today. And I'm like, dude, you're killing it. That's the greatest man. You know, like, I think we go back and forth on that stuff of, we both want to be excellent fathers, excellent leaders, excellent men. And so why not just get to learn from each other, man? I, I, there's no better way, right? Yeah, dude, I totally forgot about that. You're talking about when uh, my daughter had her sixth birthday and there was like, yeah. this princess thing. I'm <laughs> like, dude, and that's funny because like, guys, you, people listen to the show. I need you to understand something here. I, if you truly decide to get out of the dark corners of social media and get into mm-hmm. the light of social media, you you will meet people that you can relate to more than the people that you live next door to or that are related to. So a little bit of a background. I have never met Tyler in person. In fact, he lives in Nevada, Las Vegas, if I'm if I'm correct, in yep. that in that general area. But I knew that he would appreciate that video of my daughter's birthday party. It's knowing your audience, right? It's knowing your friends. I showed it to my wife and my daughter, man. They, they oh, both thought, and they both liked it too, man. <laughs> you no, know, it's it's so cool like that because you learn so much about people just by seeing how they operate on social media. And granted, you can tell if someone's being real or not. Um, but it's it's really cool because I've gotten the opportunity to know your background and to know 
what you're like when you're not on social media. And it's, it's pouring in to others, specifically your family. Mm. Yeah, man, that, that's definitely the, the biggest priority. And, you know, you alluded to a little bit in the intro, like I kind of sh- chased the other things there for a while. And those led to just a place of very unhappiness for me. And I really started to realize uh, about five-ish years ago that, you know, man, whether we have a, uh, a $25,000 chandelier or no chandelier, that doesn't really affect my overall happiness. Mm. <laughs> but what does is how intentional I am with my day, uh, how I'm taking care of my body, my mind, my soul, the relationships I'm cultivating. And and really, it's, it's really cheesy and cliche, but a lot of these things, man, you know, money can't really... Uh, buy you a lot of the, the most important things in life, you know? And so I feel like the richest guy in the world, man, because every day I get to wake up surrounded by people that I absolutely love and love me back and get to pour into a lot of other people and choose how I use my day and what I'm going to work on. And so, yeah, man, I just feel incredibly blessed at this point in my life. Dude, that's a great point, man, because I think all too often in society, right, we can get caught up on the things, right? I, I again, mm-hmm. you know, self-admittedly, I, I still have that little bit of the issue, you know, like I've always wanted a Cadillac Escalade. It's my dream car. I know it's a thing. You know, I probably shouldn't spend my money on it. Um, but you know what I did? I, I, I ordered one. Um, but that's all I want. You know, I'm not that guy that's going to go out and buy the Rolex. You know, um, I'm not the guy that is, you know, um, needing the designer clothes. Like, bro, I got this shirt at Target, bro. I, I don't even, you know, like I don't even care about all that stuff. You know, so, but, but it's really cool because- you know, there's, and, and I want the listeners to really take this part in because what you said was so powerful is, you know, Hey, whether I have a $25,000 chandelier or zero chandelier, it's not going to dictate how happy I am in my life. And guys, the chandelier, um, for those of you that, um, don't really like chandelier chandeliers, it's a metaphor. Okay. Um, you, you don't need the shiny stuff in your life. You know, you need your health which is the new wealth. And Mm. you need those who are next to you every single day, your family to love and respect you in the utmost degree. Mm. That's how you dictate success. And I think too many people out there, and we can touch on this right now, are so focused on growing their seven, eight figure businesses, but are they a seven figure, eight figure husband or father? Yeah. And and I think society probably almost you're, you're kind of trained as a man to kind of find your worth. You know, even if you just kind of, you know, probably have a sample of a thousand guys that just meet each other for the first time. What's the first question? Probably 90 percent will ask. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And what they're insinuating by that is how much do you make? <laughs> how much do I need to respect you? How much, you know, yeah. it's not like, hey, have you led your families on any adventures lately? What are you reading and studying? How are you growing? You know, mm-hmm. what do what kind of splits you do at the gym, how you keeping yourself healthy, you know, it's usually what do you do? And I think yeah. society, you know, we've seen a hundred thousand commercials at this point in our life, probably selling us, well, if we got the the mansion and the Lexus in the driveway and the Rolex mm-hmm. on the arm and the Gucci on, well, then we're happy. Right. But man, it's just a, it's a facade, most of it. And, you know, again, man, if you want a Rolex, that's your, your, your dream watch, or you got the car, everybody has their thing, right? I, I like shoes, to be honest. <laughs> My son's in a pair of Jordans, you know, they're not super cheap, but dude, I like, that's a splurge, right? But day to day, I'm saying, I'm, you know, stuff is not going to dictate my happiness. Uh, I'm just going to choose to be happy wherever I am. Uh, and I think that is a daily choice that we can focus on. It's so funny because I'm listening to what you just said. And it, we, you know, one of the very first things you talked about is like, Hey, what are, what is the first thing that men ask about? What do you do? I can confidently say 
I know that's not the first question you ask. That is the last question I ask. Yeah. And, and I think that's awareness, right? Because somebody like us that have, has kind of like chased things and all that, we, we know what that really means and how that can, you know, allow people to feel possibly, or, you know, give permission to feel it's always important to know what that person values first, right? That's a, a relationship building one-on-one. That's what I love. Hey, have you taken your family on any adventures lately? What a cool conversation. Yeah. Hey, what do you do to stay active? You look great, man. Like, what do you do? <laughs> My God, give me your secret. Like having those types of conversations is very, you know, you can do them in a genuine way. And then ultimately you learn what people do. That's right, man. Yeah. It's, you know, most of us, you know, for a long time, at least I, I went to an office for six years and, mm-hmm. you know, if you ask me what I did, yeah, I ran a bank. I ran the, uh, managed the, the largest bank here in America, JP Morgan Chase, a branch, you know? And people would ask me what I did and yeah, you know that, but it didn't really interest me. You know, that's just Mm -hmm. what I did to to pay the bills and to like create the side hustles to do what I really wanted to do. Right. And so I've made it a point here these last couple of years, you know, I drop my daughter off at school and scoop her up a lot and I see other dads there and it's kind of like a friend filter for me now. I know how deep of a friendship we're going to have. I got two Mm -hmm. like best buddies here that I met through dropping their daughters off and both of them right away. One of them asked me, you know, what are you reading right now, Ty? And I just knew I'm, I'm going to get along with this guy, man. We yeah. had a dinner party at his house a few nights ago, you know, and you know, another guy asked me, he's like, man, I'm side hustle. I'm trying to create this thing on Amazon. What do you think about this tie? You know, I, you know, and it's like, you know, they didn't ask me, they don't, they don't care what I, you know, what I do. What do you, what, mm-hmm. how do you pay the bills? It's like, what are we working on? What are we growing? What are we, what are we learning together? You know, the other guy invited me to my tie boxing with them, you know, and oh, it's cool. I've been a couple of times. It's been cool, you know, but yeah, I seek those relationships out now quite a bit more because I think it is, you know, and you alluded to it kind of come full circle from what you first talked about is, you know, we're no longer confined like we once were maybe 50 years ago mm-hmm. from human history to where you were just kind of friends with your neighbors, man. And you hope to have cool neighbors because if you <laughs> don't, you, you know, but now with social media, man, you know, I can find a tribe of like-minded men like yourself all over the world, man. And I can, I can choose to who I'm going to follow and curate a positive feed mm-hmm. and interact with these people and grow with them right alongside them. And that's such a powerful thing if you seek that out. Now, it doesn't happen by coincidence, you know, for uh, the time I was probably 25 to 34, brother, I was following freaking, you know, Nancy Pelosi on Twitter. And, you know, so it was just these toxic, <laughs> I was following politics and reading these hateful comments. And I thought yeah. the world was, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. And, yeah. You know, it wasn't until I got very, very mindful of my inputs, what was coming in and surrounding myself by following people like you, like a like a Zach Hamill, like a Gia McCool, he's really positive people that are putting great things out there every day. And then you start to connect with those people and you just see your life just start to go up and up and up as you do that. Man, that's a great point. I feel like when we get out of that, you know, constrictive environment of just, okay, your neighbors are your friends or whatever. And granted, I have great neighbors, dude. I have some, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, don't knock on the neighbors. I like my neighbors too. Like I have, like, I have specifically probably three that I love. Like I love them. They're completely different than me, but I love them. Right. And I spend time with them um, because I know I'm safe there. And, but you know, when you talk about getting out of the constructs of just your neighborhood and you know, I, the, the one word came to mind was catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, who is the catalyst for this relationship? Well, I have two catalysts for this relationship that you and I have. Um, I, I messaged Gia McCool on Instagram right? I was like, I really want to have you on my podcast. I just absolutely love your, 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 your perspective on the dark side of modeling. 
And we went back and forth. I went back and forth with their management for a long time. And what I found out today is, you know, they kind of said like, Hey, don't work with this guy Did you know, like, you know, like, Hey, he's too young. He's too new. Um, you know, um, you know, and she's like, I got a good feeling about this guy hmm. and me and her are close, you know, and we're friends. And then I met Reeves who introduced us. And it's like, it, he said, I think he said something like, I don't know, man. Like I think having Ty, Tyler Tote and, uh, you know, Sean French on a podcast would probably melt microphones. <laughs> so he's like, I think the world will, exp- there'll be too much positivity. The world. Yes. Will that's what it was. Yeah. Those are both great people, man. And yeah, yeah, shout out to Gia because I feel like this is a lady who has what? 9 million followers across social media. Yeah. And she's the most humble person I think I've ever talked to. She'll like, dude, I got, I got buddies on Twitter that were just starting to grow and literally had 80, 80 followers and Gia's got 9 million. She shot my buddy a DM and encouraged him just for no reason. Just not selling anything. Just saying, Hey, I'm, I love your tweets. Keep going. You know, like yeah. just what kind of person does that? She's just an amazing human. And Reeves is one of the best people I've ever met too, man. He came on my first retreat. Uh, I feel like that guy's like a brother to me, man. I just absolutely love this guy. Yeah, no, those are top-notch individuals. You know, um, you know, G and I, we, we, we speak very frequently. In fact, we were, I, I was on the phone with her before we started recording the show. I'm like, Gia, I got, like, I got Tyler like one minute. Like I got, to go. <laughs> but it, it just, it's, it's the, it's the human aspect, right? I think that, you know, having people around you that are good people, like you're able to like have access to other good people. And, mm. you know, with that, it's always important. I want people to listen to this one um, is listen to your gut with people. And I use my wife for this dude, because, you know, like I'm that dummy. I'm that dummy would be like, Hey, like, uh, babe, this guy says he can verify me for 200 bucks. <laughs> and she goes, Sean, Sean, that's not true. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, so I think, you know, having people like Gia, my wife, your wife, and Reeves, um, a healthy circle allows us to filter out some things. And, and dude, it just, it just, it brings a lot of creativity. I learn from all you guys daily. Man, same. And I think, you know, both of us being, you know, wanting to be excellent dads, I think, what do we tell our kids a lot, right? You are who you hang around. Hey, you know, you know, my daughter's only seven, but you know, we're already starting to have those conversations of, you know, if, if you're going to hang around the kids that are, you know, getting, getting A's in extracurriculars, in the robotics club, playing sports, being active, uh, you know, you're just more likely to do those things. But if you're hanging around kids who, eh, I don't care, I don't like this, I don't want to, mm. but sooner or later, you're going to be talking like that too, you know? And I think yeah. we're mindful of that when we're kids, but we need to apply that to, to lessons as we grow in age too. We always need to be mindful of our circle. And I think too many people, especially men out there, they get in these maybe toxic type work environments, right? Where that's just the only people they really interact with is some of these people that are com- constantly complaining about work, complaining about their wives, complaining about their job. They're not, they're not getting after it. They're not going to the gym. They're not doing all these right things. And so those, you know, if anybody out there is listening to this now, you got to make that choice to go out on social media and seek those people out or find other people in your community, whether it be a men's group, a church group, whatever that might be, and find other people that are wanting to go to those higher levels in life. And man, it, you know, if you hang out with 10 people like that, you'll, you'll soon be the 11th. It, you know, it's just peer pressure is a real thing. It, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, the, the, I just learned so much more about you. The more and more we have interactions, it's like, you're talking about robotics club with your daughter. You're talking about all these different <laughs> things. It's like, you know, like some people are like, Hey, you know, like 
where, where are we, we going to go play on a playground? I think that's cool too. You got to get your kids out and play. Um, but like, you know, what are we teaching our children? Right. When my kids, you know, see me doing this stuff, like my son freaks out if he sees me on YouTube. Right. <laughs> like, like freaks out. Like there's times where, you know, my wife will open up her phone um, when she thinks the kids aren't looking or I will. And, you know, I have two pages on Instagram. I have my podcast page and then I have my, my, my regular page. My regular page is obviously astronomically bigger, but if I come up, Oh my God, my dad, <laughs> you're like, the point there, the thing that I love about that is when the kids see me and my wife do really cool things, it gives them the permission to do the exact same in their lives. And that is what I'm all about. I want to create something so special. And then I want my kids to come behind me and embarrass me because they're so much better than me. Man, you, you just hit the nail on the head right there. I think that should be every father's dream, right? And man, you know, I look back to my own childhood, Sean, and, and one of the best memories I think I have is being about an eight or nine year old boy. And my dad was training to qualify for a Boston marathon. And my dad, good shape, you know, he came from a really rough childhood where his dad wasn't around a lot. He was a war hero, but he brought a lot of that stuff back with him, right? And so gotcha. my dad determined, I'm going to be like a really present dad, you know, and I'm going to be in shape and make sure my family's healthy and all this stuff. And I vividly remember my dad throwing me on his shoulders. You know, I had to weigh 60, 70 pounds and sprinting up and down hills. And my dad saying, I got one more, I got one more, you know, getting after it. Right. And I remember thinking like, I'd see some of these other dads and they were telling stories. Well, back when I was in high school, I could do this. You know, mm -hmm. my dad's never been that kind of guy. He's 65 and he's still pushing. And I talked to him yesterday. He's in retirement. He's working at a farm, the farmland that he owns, actually learning <laughs> how to, to harvest crops and get, and he's like, dude, I've learned a thousand new things this week. It's been amazing. You know? And wow. I think we can give that gift to our kids to show him, man, my dad's a lifelong learner. You know, he'll to yeah. the day he takes his last breath, which I hope is 35 years from now, I think my dad will still be learning new things, reading, applying those things, trying to get better at all these things. And, you know, I think that's what rubbed off on me a lot. And I hope to do the same thing to my kids, right? Like they need to see dad pushing himself every mm. day, not hearing stories about what dad used to do in high school, yeah. but what is dad doing today to get better? And again, kids are going to see that and they're just more likely to do what you do. You know, my daughter asked me to come. Can I do a circuit with you, daddy? Can I pick a couple songs? Can we go out and do a circuit? Mm. You know, why, why is that? Well, she sees daddy going out and doing circuits and pushing himself. So she wants to do it too. This hits hard. This hits different for me. And I'm going to tell you why, right? So when I grew up, I didn't have that. Mm. You know, I had, you know, my, my, my father, my biological father didn't want anything to do with me. Um, mm. And then- my, my stepfather, who's my father, but we, that's a different podcast. Um, but you know, it was hard work. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And he was blue collar. So I didn't have that upbringing of, Hey, what are you reading right now? What have you learned today? You know, um, that's not how I was brought up. So for me as a father, like I'm the cycle breaker mm -hmm. and a lot of times you know, my wife will, you know, say like, Hey, listen, you know, you need to give yourself a little bit of a break here because unfortunately you growing up, you didn't have those role models like that. Like my mom's amazing. I love my mom. Love her to death. She was actually here for almost two weeks because of the hurricane, like dropped her off on Sunday and like almost cried because I, as frustrating as it was having her here all the time, like now I miss her like crazy, <laughs> but I didn't have, like, like you said, like it rubbed off on me. 
I have a lot of bad habits that it rubbed off on me that I constantly mm-hmm. work to overcome. And so my wife will come back and say like, Hey, you know, you need to be a little bit, you know, more, give yourself a little more grace because in spite of your upbringing, you know, like look at what you've done. And so I would say it's not any easier for, for you or harder for me. It's just that for people out there, like this is a journey every day. It's a decision. And I think that if you don't have those amazing role models of that one more, like Uncle Ed Milet says, that one more, I got one more in me, do that one more call, read the book, build the robot, whatever it is to grow, then you have to be that trendsetter in your family because now your kids are looking at you. So you have to do and act differently. And I'm going to tell you something here. And this is something that I want to share you know, to this audience is, that sometimes is painful because it, it, it stretches me to a point where I'm going into the unknown. Like, I don't know what that feels like. So sometimes it, it, it physically and emotionally hurts. It's worth it because it's my kids, but you know, it's just something that I wanted to share with you right there. That's super powerful, man. And, and bad props to you because you know, your kids were going to, they're going to honor you so much for that, man. I mean, I honor my dad and I tell my dad this and I've written him letters and I, you know, I just hug him every time I see him and just say, thank you, man, you know, for being, I know it's hard to break cycles, right? Like we are usually, we just, it's something like you're 300% more likely to be obese. If your parents are, you're 400% more likely to smoke. If your parents did all these things, we kind of just take with us into adulthood. And so for you to pause there and say, that's not going to be my story. I'm going to be that present locked in dad. That's throwing my girl a birthday party that looks like she's the, you know, like, just, like is this a key thing yet? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that mad props to you for doing that, brother. Uh, your, your children will truly honor you for that for the rest of your life, man. And, and probably even beyond your, your legacy will live on even after man, because of that. It's powerful. I appreciate it. And you know, it's like you said, like, you know, my, <clears throat> my parents aren't in good shape, you know? So it's something I battle, you know, my internal temperature on fitness is very, very low it's set at like 60 or 70, right? I'll get, I'll get, I'll get some momentum. And then I'll like, like I, I keep referring to Ed Milet's book. You know, I don't want to take credit for what I'm saying. This is his words is like, you know, if your internal internal temperature is set at 75, then you cannot burn out a hundred, right? Whether it's business or whether it's, whether it's fitness, you will find a way to self-sabotage to cool yourself down to that 75, you know, and some, a lot of times that's what I do with fitness, hmm fully transparent. Like I'll do the work. I'll get, I'll, I'll work out. But then one thing will throw me off like the hurricane or now my gym isn't open 24 seven. So it's like the opportunity to cool my temperature gauge back down instead of burning at that hundred. So, you know, it, it is a, it is a thing, man. Uh, you, you will, you will default to what you grew up watching. Hmm. That's even more powerful and more reason I think for guys like us then to give our kids that gift you know, mm-hmm. to, to teach them to be on fire all the time and to set that standard higher. Right. So that when they get adults, uh, they can hopefully do that. And then, you know, even our grandkids, our great grandkids can, can benefit from that. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick, because, you know, we talked a little bit before we hit record about, uh, always pouring into others and living a high energy life and, and coaching and giving and giving and giving. Um, what has been your experience on how that actually takes a toll on your emotions and kind of your own personal energy? Yeah, man, that's been a very a work in progress. And you alluded to how your wife is kind of a cheat code for you. We joke yeah. about this too off you know, off camera that 
without my wife, man, I would have never accomplished anything that I have been able to accomplish at this point now. I mean, she, I give her permission and she gives me permission that, you know, she'll sometimes sit me down and just say, Ty, I love you. You're going too hard. You look like you're burning out on both ends. You know, you got to give yourself a day. Yeah. You got to give yourself some rest. And so I've really worked hard with her and I really journal a lot and try and stay mindful that, hey, man, when like people don't, I don't think quite understand this unless you have a really big social media following that mm-hmm. it's a lot of energy transfer, man. You know, like, dude, you're putting your life out there. You're putting a lot of energy into all these things you're doing. It's not just as easy as maybe for some like anonymous accounts that just, mm-hmm. you know, copy paste off one platform and put it onto another. But yeah. when you're kind of sharing your life and every day what you're doing, it does take a lot of energy. And then you know, I got one-on-one clients, group coaching, a lot of these things where I'm pouring into guys all day. Mm-hmm. You know, guys are hitting PRs. We're hyped up about it. I'm constantly pouring into other guys. And and so, yeah, there is that tendency that I have to say. And ultimately for me, it comes back to faith. And I look and my wife will say to me sometimes, you know, we were reading about Jesus a couple of nights ago. He went in the wilderness by himself. He, he didn't need to do that. He's, he's mm. you know, I believe the the son of God and he didn't need to, but he did that to model it for us. And so I've been pretty intentional where I have two afternoons every single week, where as much as I might want to sometimes, even if I'm feeling I'm like at a hundred, I just take off. I just unplug. Mm. Uh, I might fire off a couple tweets from the drafts, but not be on social media at all. Um, And I won't book anything with clients. I won't book anything with content. I'll just be. And I kind of took that from Zach Hamill. He was my coach for a really long time. I I guess that's awesome, man. Oh, he's yeah. I saw that you hired him at one point, and so then I followed him, obviously, right? <laughs> and I like what he. It's a real dude, man. Dude, he's a beast. Yeah, that yeah. guy's just awesome. And so he calls it B Day, and that's where you just be as present as you can mm-hmm. around the people that you love. And to me, that it fills me up just to take my kids to the park for four hours, push them on swings, laugh, fart around, have a yeah. little picnic never look at my phone, come home. Then I feel like, man, the next day I wake up, I'm, I'm recharged and ready to go. And so I think just being really mindful around giving yourself permission to take a rest. I think for guys like you and I probably, and maybe other people listen to this, we consider ourselves high achievers. You know, mm-hmm. early in my life, man, I, you know, I found poker when I was 20. From 20 to 24, you know, I made seven figures playing poker. And it was unbelievable. Bro, I played 14, 15 hours a day, seven days a week. That's just my work ethic. <laughs> You know, I basically told people, I don't care if you're smarter than me, I'll outwork you, you know? And I think I had that tendency with Twitter for, for the first little while too. I, I don't, I don't care if you're a better writer than me, I'll tweet more than you. I'll yeah. engage more, you know, I'm going to yeah. grow. I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish these goals I set out to accomplish. But I think it's finding that perfect balance, right. And living your ultimate, your best life that again, it's, I'm not competing with other people. I'm just trying to live my best life. And so you got to schedule in and be very intentional with that rest. Otherwise, I do think you just tend to burn out. And I've definitely experienced that. Something I've worked really, really hard on the last few years. Uh, because, you know, in those poker days, man, I was pretty, I was a disaster of a human, you know, like, just, <laughs> I mean, bro, I, I was winning a lot of money, but I was losing at everything else, you know, just right. because yeah. I had no balance. And so worked really hard to find that balance. Hmm. Dude, that's powerful, dude. Like we keep saying that word powerful. Um, we're, we're going to have to name this episode, like powerful thoughts with Tyler <laughs> or something, because like, you know, when you talk about having a B day, like, I feel like this, this show is happening for a reason, because this is something that is going on in my life right now. I'm not mm-hmm. giving myself that time to do that. So what's happening is like these moments where my children are still not back to school, 
you know, like today I've been on calls all day. It's mm-hmm. Thursday. I have to do that, man. You know, but like, you know, maybe Saturday, you know, just turn off the phone, block yeah. off the schedule, turn off the phone because I'm not doing that. And I think that's one of the reasons sometimes I hit these lulls that we talk about in that burnout and frustration. So thank you for sharing that with me because it's, uh, you know, I love when I have guests on that could actually give me like tremendous value that I can now go apply in my life. You know, and I, I knew getting into this conversation, there's going to be multiple things for me. That is a huge takeaway, dude, because I, again, I repeat, you know, I've always told my audience this, like, I'm always going to be real. I do not do that. I'm not always the most present. I'm the most driven. I'm the most determined. But a lot of times that could help me. But it also, <laughs> that hurts me. That's my Achilles heel. And, and if I'm real honest, man, it's the same. You know, it's it's always a work in progress. I think yeah. I started on the end of being about a 0% good at this thing, you know? And like, yeah. I mean, I even remember, this is hard to admit because I want to be the best dad and my message is always being present. But I remember when I first got, you know, four, five, 6,000 Twitter followers, I, I was still working a full-time job, 45 hours mm-hmm. a week, 48 hours, 50 hours a week, right? And then I'd get home and I'd be trying to run my side business to grow to get out of that, you know? Yeah. And there was one night in particular, man, I remember my daughter had to ask me the same question like four times. And I was just, I was buried in it, trying to create and grow. And I remember my wife kind of bringing it up to me and saying, you know, (laughs) this can't be a thing. I I appreciate your work ethic. I appreciate everything you're bringing to the family. I appreciate it. But, you know, we got to figure this out. She's like, you know, and and we just started doing a thing where I would pull off to the side of the road before I got home and I would catch up with all my stuff for 10 or 15 minutes, get my tweet out, get whatever I needed to be done, respond to a client. Mm. And then I'd come in and be fully locked in with the family. Right. And so we always have this saying that like, 30 minutes locked in with them is better than three hours not being present. Oh, 100%. They, they don't know time. Yeah. They want yeah, and exactly. And so that's what I've really tried to focus on. I can still do better. 100%, mm. man. There's definitely still days where, bro, you know, I got four or five clients reaching back and I hang on one, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hold on. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I think we can all do better at that. Yeah. And especially as men that are driven, we want to succeed and do these great things. But Again, it goes back to being mindful and finding that balance. I think till the day I die, that's something I'll always work on and yeah. always be trying to move the needle farther, you know, but by no means do I have this solved, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. That's the growth mindset. It's funny because like what my wife and I implemented is like, you know, every Friday she, she's like, she has access to my calendar. She's my business partner. So yeah. she, she goes in and she took Friday at 2 PM. Crossed it off. Done. Like it's you awkward. cannot... It shows that's your time to unplug. Now, when the kids go to bed, if you want to crank up the computer, cool. But, you know, um, it's not her controlling my schedule. That is her helping her husband because mm. she needs me present too. That's the one right. thing that we've been talking about is like the kids need us. The kids need us. No, our wives need us. And, I, and we need our wives. It's equal. We need each mm. other. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, narrative going around like we don't need each other. Women don't need men and men don't need women. That is all a lie. That is what society wants you to believe. We are built to be together and to need support and to give support and to be and to, and to serve other people. And, you know, so, but what we do on a daily basis, and I'm maybe 50% better at it now, is at once, once five o'clock hits, I'm not responding to anything until my kids go to bed. Good for you. Yeah. It's awesome. 50% better, Ty. 
I'm yeah. not telling you that I'm liable. Well, so look at me, dude, you're doing it. I'm like, what do you want me to do? It's you know? John. He needs me. <laughs> dude, it's Ty. Like we're doing, we're doing this thing here. It's my guy. You know, so it's like, um, but you know, but, but that's the drive. And that is the, that's also a scarcity mentality. I want to call myself out on it because that, unless something is burning down, that could literally wait two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I just, I love having these types of conversations. Cause again, like I said, it helps me grow and it, it helps me be more aware of like, Hey, there's more people out there like me that struggle with this. Yeah. What you said too, man, I, I literally just got kind of chills off the scarcity mindset. My wife and I were just talking about this man, uh, three or four nights ago where I kind of had this self-awareness that, you know, I'm running these retreats now. Uh, but when I get back from a retreat, man, if I'm very honest, I need a day or two. But mm-hmm. like last time I, I got home, you know, it's seven, eight guys. I'm pouring into them for four days. We're pushing our body. We did my, my guys called it a death march. We did an 11 and a half mile march in 107 degree heat. And then we worked out that night. You know, like we well, did that right in the middle of 75 hard. Yeah, it was it was brutal, man. So I got back and I, you know, I wasn't probably the most present best mm-hmm. dad for a couple of days. You know, yeah. now I make good money on these retreats. It's a yeah, big of part of my business, things like that. But, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife about it and I was saying, well, I feel like I need to do like five or six retreats a year because who knows if Twitter or who knows if all this stuff. And I called and she kind of said exactly what you just said is, do you not, number one, trust God mm-hmm. <laughs> to provide, you know, that that's just such a scarcity thinking, you know. And so I just kind of eliminated one. I fired one off to a guy who I do him with and said, hey, man, I, I'm going to do four this year. I'm going to do one a quarter. And I'm going to prepare and I'm actually going to fly my folks out for a couple so that they can watch the kids for a couple of days when I get back. Mm. And I'm going to go into this with better systems so that, you know, I'm not letting the people that love me the most down. Uh, but that, that really hit home about that scarcity mindset of, you know, if I truly believe it's meant to be and I'm doing all the things I can right, yeah. uh, you know, the doors will open when they're supposed to open. I love it, man. That's a great point. You know, it's almost like, hey, do I stay out there an extra day just to recover before I go home? You know, because- you know, cause you run into a dangerous situation there is, you know, um, you pour into all these men and you help them in their lives and all the while you're teaching them or, you know, coaching them to be present with their family. Then when you get back, you're not present with your family. And it's just like, wow, yeah. like, wow, the shoes on the other foot now. Right. And it's but like what people have to understand is, you know, as coaches, we coach people because we have experience in what they are having problems in. We should, like a lot of times when I, when I do coaching calls, I did a group coaching call the other night and they, this, this fitness company reached back out to me like, wow, that was amazing. Thank you so much. You were on fire. The passion was just insane. I go, I said, well, you know, the best coaching calls is when you're coaching yourself. <laughs> and, and they're like, why? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I've been struggling lately. Like, that was therapeutic for me, you know? And, you know, I, I think that a lot of times when we're going through our programs and doing things, it's like, it's also because that content relates and it sticks because we have that life experience with mm-hmm. that, right? And that's where being authentic, I think, is everything online. I think you can tell the people, you know, usually pretty, pretty quickly who's just tweeting a platitude and trying to gain followers and who's actually sharing life. And, you know, I mean, I put a tweet out a couple of days ago that just said, yeah, I, I was in a couple weeks of struggle, man, of a slump, what I would call a slump, you know? And it's so cool though, to be able to have a real relationship with my clients 
and to tell them, yeah, man, I'm struggling right now too. Mm -hmm. Here's the things, you know, today is a battle. Let's go at it together. And, you know, I think the thing I'm most proud of probably with a lot of my clients is day one, dude, I tell them I'm not a guru. If you want somebody else that's going to tell you they have all the answers, I am not that guy. I'm trying to get better every single day. I still struggle. I still battle. I'm, you know, I want to think that I sucked. When I look back every six months, I want to be like, well, what I was doing then, I've gotten way better at. Yeah. Whether that's faith, fitness, finances, whatever it is, I I always just want to be growing. And if we can get that same mindset for you, then that's a big W, right? But I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you got to do this from a high and mighty seat because I I just, I make every mistake in the book too, right? I'm just, I'm waking up every day with that mindset to get better. Love it, dude. I mean, there's, I mean, man, they we're, we're, we got to land the plane here. I could sit here with you for hours (laughs) on end. This could be a Joe Rogan style podcast. Um, You know, I, but I, I want I want to give um, the opportunity to my audience to best support you. So if you could, would you please allow them um, the information so they could do that? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, you know, I've, I've been on Twitter now for almost three years. We've got about eighty four thousand ish teammates on there. I don't call them followers; we're teammates, man. So come join me. <laughs> at Ty Romper. Uh, I'm posting more on Instagram now. I'm trying to be like my brother here, Sean, and grow on there too. <laughs> I'm trying to be like him on Twitter. Trust me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm at Ty Romper and then putting up a lot of content on YouTube now too. Uh, multiple videos a week. I'm sharing similar faith family kind of, kind of, kind of stuff, mindset stuff over there. Um, and at Tyler Tote, just my name. So yeah, come support me on any of those platforms. I'd be super grateful. Shoot me a message always, man. Always get back to you. Maybe not in the same day if I'm taking a B day, <laughs> but I'll always get back to you at some point. And uh, I really appreciate everybody that's that's tuned in. And I hope you know we are able to provide some valuable information for somebody listening out there. Oh, we definitely melted the microphones, bro. Don't, don't <laughs> you worry about that. This has been a very impactful and value-filled episode. Um, for those of you listening, don't worry. <clears throat> As you may have already noticed, the the links and everything he said right now is in the show notes. So just click it. Um, I'll actually link on his name to his website. So you can go check out his, his content, his books, his, all the stuff he's got going on. I mean, I think you would truly benefit from pouring into my boy. Um, so um, the most important question in my opinion is how can I best support you? Man, just the same way. I love the fact that we can text each other every, you know, every now and then that we can, we can, you know, you fire me off in your Instagram story. I told you right before, if you ever got a tweet fired over to me, yeah, you know, let's, let's, I'm just at this point, man, for me in my life, um, you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged guy about to turn 39. I'm all about impact. Right. And so people that have a similar mission, I feel like you and I have really a similar mission, man. You know, even talking to you before we hit record, you just want to help. You're like, dude, it fires me up to help a guy go from 80 K in sales. Maybe he's just getting by, and he works with me for six months and now he's doubled or tripled his income mm-hmm. and his life and his family have changed and his mindset's changed. And, you know, to me, that's what I fires me up more than anything too, is man, just seeing the light bulb turn on with a client or seeing somebody remove a couple bad negative habits that are holding them back and start to believe in themselves and see that vision for where their life's going to go and walk into their destiny, man. There's nothing that fires me up more than that. So I just always want to, you know, anything I can ever do for you, brother, I'm always here. And I hope, you know, that's mutual. You could fly to Vegas. We Our, our house right across the street is for sale. Your reload package, your reload package is terrible, man. You said you were going <laughs> to, you said you're going to pay me. We we are having this conversation <laughs> for those of you that are listening uh, during the, the literal hurricane. Um, I was uh, evacuated in Miami and he's telling me that I could move 
to uh, <laughs> Las Vegas that his neighbor has his house for their house for sale. I'm like, what's your reload package? Well, at first he started with all pay. Yeah, you know, it's a tough uh, sell to my wife. You know, my buddy Sean, he's gonna move his family. We're gonna have to pay him 50 grand. I don't know. That's a tough we're Twitter friends. We're Twitter <laughs> friends on the, on the bird app. It's cool. <laughs> right. oh, okay, honey. Give the guy 50 grand to relocate. Um, but no, I do see myself, you know, figuring out a way to get out to you at some point, or hopefully, you know, um, you coming out here at some point too, and you know, us having some time together. I yeah. don't think uh, God would allow us to be living in the same state, much less the same neighborhood. Um, pretty wild, man. It'd be really messed up for those neighbors. <laughs> I, I, we would, we would <laughs> we'd get kicked out. But, um, but look, guys, I, you know, if you got anything out of this episode, I should have said this in the beginning, but please share it out. If you are not already following the show, please hit subscribe. Um, you know, leave a, leave a review, leave a, leave a rating. Uh, I want to hear from you. And when you share this to your social platforms, uh, tag me and tag my boy, Ty, um, I'll definitely share it back to my socials. With all this being said, guys, I just appreciate you listening and taking the time to really hear a high level conversation with somebody that I respect and love a great deal. So until next time, guys, you guys be real, be determined and go after your dreams. Do not go to bed tonight without taking action on something.